everybody. We are here. We are ready to go. Got a good topic today. I think it's something we can all identify with and even more so appreciate. There are things in life that we really need to appreciate, and we're going to be speaking about one of those today. Friendship is not something we ever want to take lightly. One person said, Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of feeling safe with a person. Perhaps that's the best part of being a friend. You feel safe. It's also the test of a true friend. You feel safe. That's the kind of friendship that lasts forever. We're in a series that's about the life of David, and we're learning some true-to-life lessons for ourselves as well, because like I said, I believe our lives can parallel his. Not literally, but there are many similarities with the things that he faced and the things that we face as well. We all face giants, right? Oh, yeah. Big, loudmouth giants. We all face them every once in a while. We ended last time with Goliath threatening the army of Israel. And uh, David didn't like what he heard. You know that? He didn't like what he heard from that loudmouth giant. So you know what he did? He went and he cut his head off. He killed him. <laughs> that was that. Now, I don't, I don't recommend you do that to people that you don't like what they're saying. We're not saying that's the way to handle things today, okay? That was a different story. But after David killed the giant, he received praise from the people, but suspicion from King Saul. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't Saul just hire David to play music for him when he was feeling down? Remember that? The magic of music? When Saul had an evil spirit come upon him, he sent for David, and David played his harp and eased him and sent that spirit away. Now this? David went through a very hard time. And you know, it's not easy when your boss has it out for you. (laughs) Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been there like David, see? His boss had it out for him, and maybe you've felt at times in the place where you work. Your boss has it out for you, too. That makes life, and that makes work. It makes for a long work day. When you enjoy the people you work with and you have a good boss, it makes time go by. But when you know your boss is a stinker and he's got it out for you, life just drags on. So this is the problem with Saul. Because his relationship with God was not what it should be. Saul's imagination had run wild. And because of it, he made continual threats on David's life. You could say that David encountered another giant. He got rid of one, Goliath, now he's got another one in his life. But God provided something that David needed. And it wasn't an escape. It wasn't a way out. You know what it was? An intimate friend. 
That's what it was. And that's what we want to talk about today. Intimate friends. We will note four aspects of what it means to be an intimate friend. And if you are fortunate enough to have one, you'll know what I'm talking about. And that will be a friend forever. Okay? So let's check it out. Number one, an intimate friend is a willing sacrifice. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. Now it came about when David had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. They became best of friends. It appears that David spoke with Saul at length. And he may have explained his actions as an expression of his faith in the Lord. And it it attracted the love and loyalty of Jonathan. See, people are attracted to godly people. I believe that. There's something about a godly person that's appealing. And people want it. And Jonathan was kind of like attracted to David Not in a crazy way, you know what I'm talking about. But in a best friend kind of way. So in verse 1, when the Bible tells us that hmm, Jonathan loved him as himself, it speaks of a relationship between two parties who could depend on each other. It's that kind of love. You can count on me. I'll be there for you. How about this? A friend in need? is a friend indeed. You ever hear that somewhere? And that's what they were. Jonathan is saying, and he's going to prove it. You can count on me. So in verse 2, Saul took him that day, David, and did not let him return to his father's house. So there was a time David was going back and forth between the king's court and his home, playing for the king, tending the sheep, playing for the king, Tending the sheep, up and down, up and down, right? One day you're promoted, the next day you're demoted. Then you're promoted again. That was part of his training. He could deal with that. Can you deal with that? Are you one day working side by side with the boss and the next day sweeping the floor? (laughs) Can you deal with that? So verse 3, then Jonathan, he made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And you know what he did? It says that Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, and he gave it to David with his armor, including his sword and his bow and his belt. Wow. It's like Jonathan ratified a covenant with David, and it was symbolized by giving him the things that he needed the most. See, in those days, only a fortunate few had armor. Obviously, Jonathan being the son of the king, he had armor. Maybe today, though, it would be like giving up your car to someone. It's a much-needed thing. You got a dear friend and they have no transportation. You say, here, use my car. It would mean something like that. The point is, intimate friends are never stingy with their possessions. Because their attitude is, you know what? This is mine, but if you need it, now it's yours. That's intimate friends, okay? You can never impose on an intimate friend because an intimate friend is there to assist whenever and in whatever is needed. 
In intimate friendship, unselfishness prevails. What is unselfish? Thinking about the other person. Selfishness is thinking about self. Unselfishness is thinking about the other person. Here is where jealousy from an unrestrained mind is dangerous. Saul, (laughs) that's what he's got. Jealousy from an unrestrained mind. When David returned from killing Goliath, a new song rose to number one on the music charts. Verse 7. And you know what it was? The women sang as they played, and they said, Saul has slain his thousands. Saul probably figured, I like that song. And David is ten thousands. Oh, wait a minute. I don't like that song. Who wrote that? And what happened? Saul became very angry, and suspicion gripped him from that day forward. Remember that song by Elvis, Suspicious Mind? That's Saul. He didn't like the fact that, hey, the ladies were attributing to him thousands of victories, but to David, 10,000. He didn't like it. Saul even sent David back to battle the Philistines, hoping he'd be killed in the fight. But the Lord was with him. Man, when you get a bad boss like that, I'll tell you what, it's tough to go to work. Secondly, an intimate friend is a loyal defense before others. An intimate friend is not a fair-weather friend. An intimate friend won't talk about you when you're not around. Okay? Now we jump to 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 1. Saul told Jonathan his son and all his servants, What? To put David to death. (laughs) Saul told everybody, even his own son, I want you to go kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's sons, no, he liked David, as we already saw. So Jonathan told David, saying, listen, Saul, my father, he's seeking to put you to death. Now, please, be on guard in the morning and stay in a secret place and hide yourself. What's going on here? You know what's going on? Righteousness prevails. Jonathan stood up for what was right even over his family. Think about that. He stood up for what was right, even over his family. I don't know if you see too much of that today. Usually, sentimentality wins out over what is right. Oh, I see it all the time. Righteousness takes a back seat to sentimentality. Why? Well, because it's my son, my daughter. My niece, my nephew, my mother, my father. You know, sentimentality reigns over righteousness, and that's not good. Don't fall into the trap of going along with an opinion about someone when you know it's not true. Stand up for what's right. Now remember, Jonathan is heir apparent to the throne. He doesn't know David's anointed to be next king. His father's the king, and he would be next in line. And yet, in Jonathan... We find no pettiness, no jealousy, no desire for praise. These are the qualities of a true friend. Now, let's say, what if Jonathan did know that David was anointed to be next king? Well, then he could say, okay, let's kill that guy because he's going to take my throne. Either way, Jonathan stands up for righteousness. That's what a true friend does.
You stand up for what's right. These are the qualities of a true friend. So Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father. He said, don't let the king sin against him. He's not sinned against you. Why do you want to do that to him, Dad? His deeds have been very beneficial to you. He's helped you. He gave you the victory over the Philistines. He killed the giant. So you know what we see here? Don't be afraid to speak up for someone. Sometimes people are treated unfairly and nobody speaks up to defend them. Defend them when they're treated unfairly. Stand up for what's right. You know, the Christian life does at times involve conflict. Oh yeah, Bible talks about it. First Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. So faith is a fight. First Corinthians 2.10, the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh. First Samuel 17.47, the battle is the Lord's. First Corinthians 9.26, I box in such a way as not beating the air. I like that one. Paul is saying, I make every punch count. I don't swing wildly. I, I'm calculated. Paul the Apostle lived a calculated life. How about you? How about me? Sometimes my life's not too calculated. No. Things just happen. No, Paul says, not me. I am intentional. I am purposeful. I focus on every punch that I throw, and I land it. If not, I'm wasting energy, and then I lose. So an intimate friend is not afraid of the battle. Okay? Let's remember that. Thirdly, intimate friends give each other complete freedom to be themselves. Now, that's important. Think about that. Intimate friends give each other complete freedom to be themselves. They don't have to become someone else. Scripture. We're going to be in 1 Samuel 20. See, I believe there are many wonderful topics about life that can be taught through the Word of God. As we teach the stories of the Bible, these topics just kind of surface, and they're there. We don't need topics supported by this verse or that verse that's not connected. We need to learn the whole Word of God and let the topics surface from the stories. Now, in 1 Samuel 20, it was dinner time in Saul's house. And David, who usually ate with the king, oh, he was absent. And Jonathan told his father that he went back home to visit, that he's in Bethlehem. He wanted to go see his family. Now, Saul knew that Jonathan was lying. And you know what he did? <laughs> he hurled his spear at his own son. Man, this guy's got a case, doesn't he? He tried to kill his own son for lying. So the next day, Jonathan went out to meet David in a field. And Jonathan was accompanied by a servant boy. And he then sent him on a mission. Now we're in verse 41, 1 Samuel 20. When the lad was gone, in other words, he sent them on this goose chase, the, the servant, David rose from the south side and fell on his face to the ground. And he bowed before Jonathan three times. And they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the more. David was the real emotional one. Because you see, 
When your heart is broken, you can bleed all over a friend. Why was David crying? Because he knew that there was someone in his life that he could depend on. He wasn't crying out of sorrow. I think he was crying out of relief. Oh, there's someone. Even the king is after me. The guy that runs the country. He's after me. His servants are after me. But there's one guy. And he's my support. And he's there for me. And in his brokenness, he was weeping. I'll tell you what. Jonathan didn't show up and give him some kind of lecture on how to get into the good graces of his father. You can bleed all over a friend like this and your friend will understand you won't get a Bible study on how to control your emotions. Well, you know, you shouldn't be crying like that, David. Or how to have more faith. No, intimate friends know life is a battle and God must be in the middle. That's all. And Jonathan said to David in verse 42, go in safety. All he does is offer him encouragement. That's all. Go in safety. And as much as we have sworn to each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord will be between me and you and between my descendants and your descendants forever. And then he rose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. They made a pact, a pact of friendship that will even extend down to the next generation. And you know what? David fulfills that because there's a story in the Bible that I love. It's the story of Mephibosheth. And that's an incredible story. Maybe we'll teach it after this. Mephibosheth was a descendant of Jonathan and Saul. And it's a beautiful story which symbolizes God restoring us back to himself. Oh, I love it. Love the story of Mephibosheth. So far, what do we have? An intimate friend is, number one, a willing sacrifice. He gives what's needed. Number two, an intimate friend is a loyal defense before others. He will stand up and, and support and defend. Number three, an intimate friend will give freedom to be themselves. They don't get a lecture. They don't get a Bible study. They get encouragement. Lastly, number four, an intimate friend is a constant source of encouragement. You see, let's face it. It is so easy to become occupied with the giants of life, right? It's easy. Oh, the bills are too big. My bad health is too big. My responsibilities are too big. So many giants in our lives, and we can become occupied with that. An intimate friend gets your eyes off the giants and back on the Lord. That's what they do. You know what an intimate friend does? Changes your focus. In 1 Samuel 23, 15, see how we're moving along through 1 Samuel? Now, David became aware that Saul had come out to seek his life while David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, he arose and went to David at Horesh, and here it comes, encouraged him 
in God. He didn't just encourage him. He didn't say, you know, David, my father's nuts. I know, he's crazy. And just, you know, try to ignore the guy. No, he encouraged him in God. See, you got to be with God to encourage somebody in God. And why did he encourage him in God? Because there's always hope in God. And a true friend instills that hope. That's what David needed. Hope in God. Let's face it. Just like when he fought Goliath. His faith was in God. Even though Goliath was bigger. Now Saul. He's got to put his faith in God. Because Saul is bigger. And he's more powerful. Just like Goliath was. This is why everybody needs to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To grow in the knowledge of Scripture. So you can have something to give. How can we encourage somebody in the Lord if we don't even know the Scriptures? Because it's through the Scriptures that we encourage someone in the Lord. Sometimes in our in our fellowship with a person that feels they're being chased by a lion, we try to come up with ways out, clever schemes, instead of just encouraging them in God and giving them hope. That's what we need to do. Give them hope. So let's wrap this up. An intimate friend is a willing sacrifice. Don't forget that word, willing. Hey, wasn't Jesus a willing sacrifice? Didn't he say, I lay, I lay down my life willingly. No one takes it from me. I lay it down and I will pick it up again. Man, he was our most intimate friend. And that's what Jonathan is to David. Secondly, as I said, an intimate friend is a loyal defense. Yeah, you stand up for what's right. You don't let people talk bad about your friend, about your friend that's done nothing wrong. You stand up for them. You face the conflict if you have to. Number three, an intimate friend will give you freedom to be yourself. That's who you are. Number four, an intimate friend points you to God as a constant source of encouragement. Points you to God. How important is that? Very important. Because why? In God is our hope. We really don't have much hope outside of God. We don't. In Him is all of our hope. So a good friend, you get their mind off the giants, you put it on the Lord. He's the biggest giant anyway. Also, this friendship, it's not a matter of quantity of time, but of quality. In other words, you're... You're an intimate friend, not because you spend all your time with them, but it's a quality relationship. You know you're there for each other. You know you can be counted on. You might not hardly see each other very much, but the message is, I'm there for you. That's the message. So, if you don't have a friend like this, get one. If you are not one, be one. Because this kind of friendship, it's going to last forever. And this is the one that brings you through the storms. 
It brings you through the trials and tribulations. Ah, oh, we need friends like that. And work on being a friend. Say, well, I don't have any friends. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. Become a friend and you'll get friends. Sometimes we live isolated lives and then we think Christianity doesn't work. No, Christianity works beautifully if we live it right. If we live it according to the scriptures, it works. It's a wonderful life, but we've got to work it the way it's been intended. Now, next time we're together, we're going to stay in the series. Oh, no. What happens when the crutches are removed from your life? We're going to see David's situation. It gets worse. Oh, yeah. David's situation gets worse and he finds himself without much in the realm of resources. Hey, and maybe we've been there. Like I said, our lives can parallel David's life. So there's going to be some life lessons for us next week when we see the crutches of our own life being removed. And we have a sense of paralysis, maybe, struggling to go forward. What do we do? That's what we're going to see. It's going to be a great lesson. Join me next time. Listen, don't forget, the Hope Club podcast, you can listen to these messages over and over. The Hope Club podcast, that's where you find us. So I get to type in iTunes, Stitcher, go to our website, newhopecc.tv, scroll down. They're all there. All the messages are there. We want you to learn. We want you to grow. We want you to be victorious. That's what we want. That's why we're there. And we make them available to you. We also need your help. And that's why we have the Hope Club at newhoperadio.live. You can sign up for the Hope Club. Click the menu bar. Join the Hope Club. You can support us with $3 a week. That's it. $3 a week. And uh, we'll send you a devotional in your email every Monday through Friday. Set to music. Kind of nice. Six minutes long. And if you listen first thing in the morning, it'll get you started off for the day. So you're helping us with our radio expenses. And we're helping you in your Christian walk. I think it's a pretty good deal. So go to newhoperadio.com live. Click on the menu bar, read all about the Hope Club, and get on board with us. We really appreciate that, okay? Thanks for coming along today. I hope these things are meaningful and they're helpful, and uh, we'll see you next time for more.